Howdy, you're listening to the Think Brasses podcast. We host conversations with locals, politicians, and policy experts to help families thrive in Brasses County, Texas. So when you're thinking about how to make your community better, just remember, think local, think Brasses. So we're joined by Wanda Watson, who is a candidate for the uh, county government precinct for uh, county commissioner's court. So thank you, Ms. Watson, for coming on Think Brazos. Well, thank you for having me. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. You know, you want to take, I'd like to take every opportunity that I can to sure. let, let the community know who I am and what I'm about and what I hope to accomplish when elected in the, in, as commissioner. Okay, so I wanted really briefly to go over your background again for for our viewers and listeners. I know we spoke in the spring uh, where we went a little more detailed, but can you give us uh, just a little bit of overview of who you are and why you're running? Well, I'm a tra- I'm like a number of folks who come to Brazos County. I'm a transplant. I've uh, been here for over 40 years. Uh, started in banking when I first moved here. Uh, ended up at, at Texas A&M, like a number of folks, and I am retired from Texas A&M. Uh, I retired as a director from the College of Medicine. Okay. Uh, and then once I retired, I just got more involved in the community, particularly in the po- political arena. And so, as we say, here I am. Yeah. And you're, essentially, you are running for the spot that a current commissioner is uh, retiring from, right? Correct. Irma Cawley is the current commissioner. Mm-hmm. I think she's held that term, had to held that seat for about two and a half terms, uh, and she decided to retire. And okay. in one of my moments when she when she mentioned she was retiring, I had one of those. Well, I think I can do that. Uh, I have to admit, I did not look at the job description. <laughs> uh, I had no idea, but I I approached it from the perspective of I can serve the residents of Precinct Four. Sure. That was my total objective. And then once I, I delved into, did the research, then I started to understand the role and the scope a little bit of mm-hmm. the job, because it is a job. Um, um, but once, like I said, I'm, I'm in it now. So mm-hmm. I am moving forward with it and, and, and looking forward to hoping getting to, you know, I'm kind of owning it that I'll be commissioner for, be commissioner elect after November elect, okay. November the 8th. So what about your, your priorities? You mentioned the district or the uh, precinct, precinct four, which is north. North Bryan. Northwest. But what it was, yes, sort of, it, um, you know, once I got into it and I block walked, it's really interesting. You go out Highway 21 mm-hmm. past Castle Heights Church, and then you go west past the Smithana, yeah. past Relis. And and those areas back in there are part of Precinct 4. In addition to Highway 60 past the airport, there's the Brushy community. Yeah. And then on the right hand, of the, if you're going west, on the left-hand mm-hmm. side, that community is carved out. And then if wow. you look at where Lincoln Center is, mm-hmm. they call it the State Streets. There's this literal square or rectangle cut out that is a part of Precinct 4. So it hops over the university and it carves out Lincoln Center sort of south. Wow. But not all the way up to Southwest Parkway. Wow. It is an interesting map. Yeah, I bet. You know, that's how when they were redrawing the map, mm-hmm. you know, you start looking at it and you're kind of surprised at the pockets mm-hmm. that are a part, comprised the part of Precinct 4. And I've had a chance to walk a lot of it. Wow. And nearly all of it. How do you block, block walk in the in the country as well? Because, you know, you mentioned a lot of the more you urban areas. Drop. 
Because, because what you do is, you know, because it was a little uncomfortable at first. You yeah. have to literally drive up these long driveways. Mm-hmm. You know, you get out your car. Of course, I'm looking for snakes. And then what I would always do, particularly for those who had cameras, I would hold up my door hangers so they'd know I was a, you know, a candidate. Oh, yeah. You know, so that they wouldn't think I was robbing the place. Mm-hmm. But in some areas were a little bit more uncomfortable than others. But you literally, you have to drive. You drive from one house to the next house to the next house to the next house. If you're, Golly. if you, if you really want, you know, yeah. you're working for it. So I was wondering about that. Um, that's, that's really kind of fascinating. As far as your, your priorities or I guess I could rephrase the question as, what do you think the precinct needs the most and and what are you hoping to help them achieve in the coming couple of years well the needs are varied you okay. know when i started out my interest was broadband yeah. i've come to understand now that you know that was sort of revealed during COVID when when students had to right. work from home and some you know we, we had some of us had to work from home mm-hmm. and so i've come to understand how broadband is funded there are many sources that are doing it now but the county does have a responsibility to make sure that those uh, areas that are outside the city limit have broadband i am really intent and i'm 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 still holding on to that i think being open and transparent is extremely important because in talking to the residents number one they don't know what a commissioner does Mm -hmm. number two how you know it's pretty much what can the commissioner's court do for me and what is going on with the court. Mm-hmm. And so in, with all of the things that have been happening lately, you know, I've, I've done a couple of Facebook Live and I've okay. gotten positive response from that. And so what I hope to be able to say is these are the issues before the court. As I'm saying what the issues are, it draws the citizens to come for those who can because, mm-hmm. you know, 10 o'clock on a, you know, a Tuesday morning, yeah. most working folks can't come. You no. know, it's a good that they're now streaming everything. Excuse me, but yeah. st- being there in person is better. Mm-hmm. But so open and transparency, broadband. I'm still very concerned about the mental health issue mm-hmm. that, that came up before the court recently. Uh, and, and right now I'm not hearing a workable solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of it is funding. Some of it is processes. And as you can imagine, there are, there are other entities that have an impact on what the county can do. But I, that is a big issue here in Brazos County mm-hmm. when you hear people having to wait for months if they're needing care, if they're needing to see right. someone. We don't have enough physicians. We don't have a resource. Or if someone has a medical medical crisis, mm-hmm. you know, that Brazos County has to transport them out. And they had a mental health facility down there on Longmire, right? In it College Station? It was somewhere Station? in South College Station, and it just kind of closed its doors and disappeared. And mm-hmm. so we don't have another, another we have MHMR. Right. We have MHMR, but they already have certain programs that they're working on, and they have different kind of funding. Right. So the county's funding doesn't match mesh with the, what they already have in place. Okay. And so my understanding is, in order for the county to fund it, there has to be some organization, some governmental entity that is already working on specific kinds of mental health okay. issues in order for them to fund it. Uh, you know, they can't okay. create a program. The, the program has to be in place. But their need is still there. Mm-hmm. So then the question becomes, who do you go to? Who do you try to work with? Who do you, where do you try to build that infra- potential infrastructure so mm-hmm. that the county can be responsive to that? Yeah, okay. Um, I don't know if this is an issue that is um, past decision already, but I know in the past year there was a lot of discussion about a um, having a medical examiner in uh, the county. The county, yeah. 
they wanted they have the art funding and they're wanting exactly. to put a significant amount of money to that. Mm -hmm. They are looking to partner with the A&M College of Medicine, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, having worked at the medical school, I could see a real win with that. Mm -hmm. um, the cost. Yeah. The, you know, because Brazos County, while we're growing, you know, I don't want to have my NCIS moment, but, you know, I don't know when they look at how many deaths and what, you know, what, what, a, what a medical, what a, uh, medical examiner office does mm -hmm. and given the uh, requirements to, to create a medical examiner's office can, yeah. you, can you imagine from a cold perspective um, I think it's a great idea but it's so costly to yeah. start from ground you know you're starting from nothing to build something of that magnitude mm -hmm. uh, and then making sure that you're meeting today's standards to build it right and the cost of staff, because, you know, mm -hmm. we're talking very specific skill sets to oh, run yeah. that organization. But I do like what it could do, because right now your Justice of the Peace do inquest, and they call it. Mm -hmm. But they're really not trained right. to the level that, and they admit it, at least a couple of the ones I've talked to, they're not trained mm -hmm. to do what needs to be done when they have to go in. And so now if, they're, if they have to, if there's a question of death, they have to send it to Austin. Mm, okay. And that takes them, and it takes a while. It can take up to several months wow. for them to get the results back. Wow. So you're kind of, on that issue, you're thinking it's, it could be a good idea, but it's expensive. It's extremely expensive. I, I'm not saying no. I see the benefits. Mm -hmm. It's just the cost, you know, but there is yeah. a need. Okay. A lot of things coming up recently about the, um, in the commissioner's court, about the budget and the tax rate and all that. Um, I didn't, uh, I haven't heard, I don't think we talked about it in the spring, about no, the tax no. rate. Um, no. Do you have any opinions on that? Well, you know, it, it, anyone who has worked for an organization knows that, that you know, when it, when it comes to the front, so this has been a discussion that's been going on for months. Right. And what was being proposed had been being discussed for months. Mm -hmm. And I think my only concern from an operational collaboration making a decision that will benefit the county the best is why weren't those issues addressed before it got to the final approval of or not approving of the budget mm. I don't know enough I'm being honest yeah. I don't know enough I've been trying to um, understand it in terms of the variations in the tax rates that are being discussed uh, I do recognize that several of the commissioners walked out with, I call it the binders, with all of the details that where you understand what those line items mean mm -hmm. and what the impact will mean. And if there are no new taxes per, it defaults to the 2022 tax rate, what right. impact that will have. And so I guess I'm looking at it from an, if I were sitting in that seat, right. what are the consequences when you also have people who say, well, Brazos County is growing. These are our expectations of the operation of the county against truly as a taxpayer, uh, understanding the impact on the everyday citizen, mm -hmm. where the everyday citizen expects the county to do certain things. Right. But then if, there's a, if, if the funding is being impact, you know, so, so it's kind of like we, you know, I don't, I, I, I'm still trying to decide where I am, where I fall down on that because Truly, I'm in one of the most economically diverse precincts. Right. I live in Precinct 4. 
and so the disparity is wide. Yeah. And so the those the least are also equally impacted by mm -hmm. that decision. And so I'm running to support my constituents. Do I want them overtaxed? Absolutely not. Right. Um, but how you know how do we balance the needs, the operations? The needs of the citizens, where mm -hmm. even, they, even though they may not realize some crisis comes up that the county is responsible to, to making sure that they're not overtaxed or mm -hmm. they're being impacted by that. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, transportation for a minute. An another issue that has been coming up the last few weeks is this thing called the um, RMA, or Regional Mobility yeah, that, that Authority. Reg yeah, that registration. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's tied in with the Proposition B. The, am I right on that? Be? Yes, you're correct. Okay. It's, it's pro pro um, what do you know about that, and where do you stand on well, this? Well, you know, when I first heard about it, and this is early on in my, and when I when I filed and I had one of my first mm -hmm. interviews, I was absolutely clueless. But my first response was kind of what I just said. For example, for me to register my car every year, it's right now it's seventy five dollars. Mm -hmm. You add a ten dollar fee, and it's eighty five dollars. If you're talking about $10 may not seem like a lot for some people, but think about it. If, you, if there's a person who is a wage earner who mm -hmm. also needs their vehicle, $10 can be a lot of money for a one, even if it's a one-time fee coming at an inopportune time. So I really struggle with that, yet it goes back to my first conversation about the tax issue. I've attended several meetings where they've talked about, you know, traffic in Brazos County is getting to be really bad. Right. And so everybody is, is, is saying, oh, the traffic, oh, the traffic. And so how do we, how does that, you know, you can, it's sort of like the cake and eat it too kind of a thing. But I think I'm leaning toward not supporting it for now. Okay. Um, because I think we need to figure out different kinds of things that we're trying to do. Because there's also a Prop A, which has, which is also tied to a bond issue. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's a little bit different in terms of how you pay it back. It's also a tax issue. Because right. Some of that payback comes from taxes. Correct. And so we're up against, I, I really probably think people, when you say ta additional taxes, it's probably not going to pass. Mm -hmm. uh, but behind all of that, there are consequences of that, of not passing it because of what is going on with, with Brazos County and the, t and the traffic issue which has yeah. always been an issue as long as I've been here, especially on football game weekend. But the growth of the county is creating a whole nother right. traffic overflow. Well, some people say that, um, you know, as a house, for example, in, an, in town, in our case, Bryan and College Station, become less and less affordable to the average person, you, you naturally have more growth in the county. You talked about traffic, but are there other impacts that are happening because Bryan and College Station are becoming so unaffordable um, in terms of the rural parts of the county? Affordable housing, and so it's almost like, it, from my vantage point, it's like those who are renters, mm -hmm. those who want, may want to buy a home, yep. they're being priced out, and they're being pushed pushed further and further north. Right. You know, and mm -hmm. it's it's it. I was I was I've been kind of just dismayed to realize how we well, there's not affordable housing in Brazos mm -hmm. County, and and even if if there's some proposals or someone wants to put it up, it's the not in my neighborhood, mm -hmm. and I don't have an answer for that. 
because I see that happening now. I've heard people say, I see on, you know, everything's on social media, sure. where people are wanting to have neighborhood meetings if they someone finds out that they may be proposing putting an affordable housing unit or a neighborhood right. close to their neighborhood. And so... How do you What's deal with that? I have no idea how you yeah. deal with that because I, you know, on the one side you understand how people feel with mm -hmm. about their property values, right. and then you have people who need homes. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how Bryan College Station is going to deal with it because the College Station, they've pushed more and more people to Bryan, mm -hmm. and now Bryan, in their effort to become more uh, more economically viable, right. they're also creating the same kind of same kind of situation. And so it's going to be interesting for me to watch how that goes, listen to different information, listen to the experts to find out what the solution is, and then right. maybe be able to, I mean, I'm always willing to work and be conciliatory, go to the neighborhoods that say not in my neighborhood and see what we can do to work it out because yeah. people have to have a place to live. I agree. And it, it sounds like even if we don't have a solution to that problem, and I would totally agree with you on the point you just made, it sounds like um, collaboration between the county and Bryant and College Station, Texas A&M, is going to be important solving that issue and other issues. Um, where do you stand on um, where the county's relations are with both cities and A&M? Do you feel like they're good, or is there anywhere that needs to be yes, improved? What I'm learning is one of the things that I've, I've chosen to do, as I said, when I first made the decision just to, to, to seek the seat, the office, I had no clue what a commissioner does. Mm -hmm. And even with looking at the general job description, it didn't talk about the specifics. And so the right. county has a lot of what they call private, public-private partnerships. Okay. And so I've been going to the different meetings with those right. organizations, even the chambers, like for example, they have a transportation committee. Mm -hmm. And so then within that, so TTI from A&M and different entities do have given presentations about what is being okay. proposed and so I guess that's why I, I, may, I may seem like I'm ambivalent about the issues of taxes and the issues of those propositions because you, for example they consider them experts. The experts have shown up. Yeah. They're coming up with plans and suggested proposals and so you know because I was surprised that they're talking about an East Loop for example right. which is out uh, mm -hmm. east of, of Bryan past Highway 21 all the way down to Fitch. And so, so you're hearing about some proposals to try to ease some of the issues that are impacting yeah. transportation, for example, mm -hmm. what they're doing with businesses, businesses that maybe they've given uh, um, tax abatements to, and whether or not they're meeting right. what they propose. I mean, it's been a real interesting look at how government works, how these entities, both cities, the mm -hmm. county, Texas A&M, and any other entity that may have a a role in this, how they are coming together yeah. to try to collaborate in a way that benefits the county as a whole. So they are they are working together. Mm -hmm. I think they have a great relationship. I think mm -hmm. it seems that the Chamber of Commerce is actively involved in that. Okay. And so the, they're, they're doing what I think they need to do in order to try to benefit the county as a whole. Yeah. I have a little bit of concern because the growth and the economic development is all about bringing in businesses and doing things that enrich the county, but I'm, I'm a little concerned because I, I'm always looking to hear, what is, what, is there anything in there that will be a direct benefit right. to the residents of Precinct, Precinct 4? 4. 
some of the jobs, you know, because you know, there, again, there's variations in the educational level and the, the, the work at the skill level. And so I'm always looking to hear with all of what is being proposed, making sure that, or, or finding out what is for precinct mm -hmm. four. And on, in some of the things that are being discussed for now, I'm a little concerned because I'm not hearing. Even some of the new road things that could be fixed with, excuse me, some, some of the... Um, uh, ARPA? R R RMA okay. or the, the other road thing, the other mm -hmm. Prop A, you know, I know one part is out by Relis. Right. And they, because of that traffic that, you know, where it's, it forks off, they either go uh, Riverside yeah. now mm -hmm. or it's it's coming into Bryan. And so they have a, they have a plan, a, right. a, a project that could, could fix that. And so that's in Precinct 4. Mm -hmm. So that's one little piece of the pie that is going to be a direct, okay. have a direct impact there. But I have not heard a lot of what is being proposed coming north, coming north of Villa Maria even. Oh wow! Uh, and so, so I'm gonna always look for that because I haven't been in it enough to know mm -hmm. all of the things that are going forward. But I do look for that. Yeah. Okay. Um, another thing I wanted to touch on, just because it's been in the news so so often in the last couple of months, and it's that uh, it's been resolved, but it's the early voting thing and. Uh, there was a big hoopla, you know, over the last couple of months with the, the students were very concerned about not having a voice in the early voting on campus. Um, but this isn't the first time that there have been these discussions about where you put the, the voting, uh, early voting places. Um, Here's what I think. I think that it starts with the election administration who report to the commissioner. Right. Who, uh, so I think what has happened in the past is that you're looking at historical information, but not looking at today's, yeah. today's issues in terms of where to vote, how to vote, how is the voting pattern changing. Mm -hmm. I know in one case it was, well, that's what's been done in the past. Right. We can't do that. The person needs to take a good look at the changing patterns, mm -hmm. community concerns, and then when you take that information to the, and, and the commissioner's court should have looked at it more closely, but you right. know, with all of the issues, I will admit, as anyone who's been a, a manager or a director, you if you have a team who are experts in their area, you look to them to give you the best, the latest, right. greatest information, and sometimes if, if they give a presentation, you look to make sure that that's good information. And I don't think that they, I think they kind of rubber stamped it. And the consequences was that you had this issue. And okay. I, as a woman of color, I will never vote against any opportunity for people to vote. I, I consider that voter suppression. And so I think it was a wrong decision mm -hmm. to close the MSC because mm -hmm. you never want to limit the, the right. possibilities. But it's also a long-term planning thing. Right. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, is there, uh, is there anything else that we missed today that you'd like to make sure we touched on? No, I think we covered the big issues that are the most prominent in the news today. And so, therefore, I am just, as I said, I'm, I'm sort of doing a listening learning tour through, okay. throughout the county with Perfect. all of the agencies that I'll be, have, I'll be able to make, have, have, an, have an opportunity to make a decision or have an impact on. Okay, perfect. Well, um, if somebody wanted to get in touch with your campaign in the closing weeks before the election, um, how could they do that? I have a website, wanderwatson.com. Okay. Or they can call me 
you know, my cell phone is out there also, but all my Great. contact information is on my website. Okay. Well, Ms. Watson, again, this has been Wanda Watson uh, running for Precinct 4 on the Commissioner's Court. Thank you so much for joining Think Brazos. Well, thank you for having me. The Think Brasses podcast is brought to you by Bryan College Station Habitat for Humanity. Our mission is a community where everyone can afford a home they're proud of. Habitat is a 501c3 charitable organization, so we do not make political endorsements. If you'd like to support our work in the community, you can make a tax-deductible donation online at habitatbcs.org. The Think Brasses podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts and on our website at thinkbrasses.org. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel if you'd prefer to watch videos of our conversations. Thanks for listening, and just remember, think local, think Brazos.